0: speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So that was what just happened. And hopefully what, what also happened is it reminded you of what you have to be thankful for. So this morning's been a little different. Difference, not bad. It's just different. I think sometimes um, we're in danger of walking into the sanctuary. You can, you can bring the lights up now. That'd be great so I can see people. Hi, how are you? We we have the danger of walking into the sanctuary, or parking, walking into the sanctuary, sitting down, and going into autopilot. Uh, Similarly, what happens when you in the morning are supposed to be going someplace, find yourself 20 minutes later driving to work, but you don't remember turning those ways, and you didn't need to go to work. It's just what you do every morning, so you get into autopilot. The very real danger for us is we could do that on Sunday morning when we walk in here, isn't it? So, so we've done a couple of different things. One, a couple more different things coming. Take your Bibles. That's not different. Um, if it ever becomes different, you should leave. Psalm one thirty six. Psalm one thirty six. And uh, I'm going to try one more time. But uh, the people in the back are not going to be happy with what I'm about to say. Stephanie, my remote's not working, so you get to ride this thing. <laughs> So this morning what we want to do is is have you take your Bibles out, but i got one more thing for you to take out. You ready? Take out your phones. I'm not going to make you throw them away or anything. Don't worry, nothing weird. Um, I I know telling you to take your phone out is kind of like a church no-no, but I I want you to be prepared for what's coming when we get into the next couple minutes here, okay? To consider this morning an attempt for the message time, for me, preparing you for the rest of Thanksgiving week. You know, that moment that occurs when you all sit at the table and some joker says, so what are you thankful for this year? And and you're thrown on the spot, and usually that happens as the food is growing colder and colder. And it's like, okay, I'm thankful for my family. Give me my food. Um, But I'm going to help you think through a few things, and and Lord willing, you can um, push through a, a little bit. And answer the question, what are you thankful for this year? What are you thankful for every year? Um, psalm 136 is a unique psalm. It's a psalm of worship. It's, it's a psalm that is not to be done in private. It's a psalm that's supposed to be done in a group setting. Hey, we're in a group setting. And so this is going to make some of you uncomfortable, but that's okay. If you look at Psalm 136, you see there's a lot of repetition. And repetition is the key to... Oh, baby. Learning. The phrase is learning. Repetition is the the key to going to bed early if you're a child and you keep repeating things. Repetition is the key to learning. Um, Oh, yeah. So... (laughs) Look at your Bible, Psalm 136. Anybody see anything repeated? Good. All right, let me ask you one more question. Is anyone awake? (laughs) All right, good. Um, I'm going to move this thing. Pardon me. All right, so you look at Psalm 136, and you see some repetition. Now, every Bible's got a little bit different. You've got his faithful love endures forever. Anybody have that in their Bible? His faithful love endures forever. How about his love is eternal? Anybody got that? Okay, that one's kind of cool. How about uh, his loving kindness is everlasting? Do I have it? Okay, good. It's got some everlastings. His love never quits. Am I really loud right now? I thought so. Okay, thank you. Um, His love endures forever. His love continues forever. So every Bible's got it a little different. So for this to work, what I need you to do is everybody, regardless of what your Bible says, I want you to say the phrase, his love endures forever. Let's put that up. His love endures forever. Okay, do it one more time. His love endures forever. Okay, we're gonna do the psalm as it was written. Now, we could do it two ways. You could read the first part and I could say, His love endures forever 26 times, but I'm gonna let you say it 26 times. So, with feeling, are we ready? Psalm 136. Let's do this corporately as it was written to be done. And it says this Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Love awesome. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. He alone does great wonders. He made the heavens skillfully. He spread the land on the waters. He made the great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. All right, take a deep breath. We're about halfway there. All right, keep going. Verse 10. He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians, and he brought Israel out from among them. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, he divided the Red Sea. He led Israel through, but he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. He led his people in the wilderness. He struck down great kings. And he slaughtered famous kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. And he gave their land as an inheritance. An inheritance to Israel, his servant. He remembered us in our humiliation. And he rescued us from our foes. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. So, this is where your phones come in handy. I'm going to put a phone number up on the screen. I'm going to sell you some Amway in a few minutes. Today only, I've got a deal for you. Just kidding. That is a number that we're going to ask that you text right now from where you are in your seats. And this is what I want you to do. Looking at Psalm 136, I want you to text just an observation of what it is based on Psalm 136 and the things that David mentions as he goes through. I want you to text what it is from Psalm 136 that we're supposed to be thankful for. All right, so take two, three minutes, look at Psalm 136, start sending texts to that number. We're going to get them up on the screen here in a minute. I'm going to go back and see if I can get my remote to work again while you're texting. So let me, let me lay this out. There's a couple things. So um, y- y- the texts that you have sent, your answers may end up on the screen. They may not end up on the screen. And there's two reasons for that. One, we only have so much time. Two, um, I have people like Patrick Boyd who go to church here. And there's no telling what he's going to type in. So we have sensors in the back. One of them is my wife, so be careful. We will find you. Um, So let's do this, shall we? You guys ready? Throw me a couple. Throw me one. What's the first one we got coming up? He remembers us in our low estate. That's verse 23. He remembered us in our humiliation. Humiliation. If you considered that about you? I mean, you could consider that about the children of Israel, right? They were, Psalm 105 tells us, they were but a small nation and not many in number and certainly not many in strength. And They were going against all these bigger nations. And yet God, for some reason, and what we know that reason to be is because he chose to love them, reached down no matter how ill of reputation they were, no matter how small they were, and he said, those people, they're mine that has application for you this week? You, someone who is separated from God because of your sin, you who, only thing you ever do all week trying to gain um, acceptance in God's eyes is further the divide between you and God. He still looked down on you and said, that one, no matter how small and insignificant, no matter how sinful, I want that one. He remembers you and your Low estate. Give me another one. What else are we thankful for out of Psalm 136? He rescued us. He rescued us. You see that talked about there in verses you know, I don't know, 10 through 12, talking about the Egyptians and the 10th plague as he struck the firstborn. He leads them out. I love the picture that he gives with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. My imagination, as warped as it is, always pictures the, the, the Heisman Trophy. And here comes God. He's got the Israelites and he's like, let's go. And there's nobody going to get in his way. He rescued them. He rescued them a number of times, numerous times. And yet, has God rescued us? Absolutely. What else do we have? His love. That's a good one to be thankful for, isn't it? I mean, I, I, every time you hear love, First John 4.10, God loved us and sent his son. God loved us and sent his son. If you ever question God's love for you, just stop for a second and remember what he gave you that first Christmas. Be thankful for his love. Oh, boy. Go ahead. Salvation. Ditto. Just kind of nailed that one. Go for another one. Sorry. Family. Okay, with a raised show of hands, how many of you are thankful for family? Just kidding. Don't do that. That's a, that's a trap. That's a trap. That's a trap. There's, there's, there's this wonderful gifts of having family around you as you take this journey there's something wonderful about having a brother or a sister, a literal brother or sister, but, but even so much more so, a brother and sister who's been adopted into the family of God with you. What a blessing we have. Give me another one. Please. There you go. <laughs> His strong hand in history. Hey, let's, let's do that. Look at You look at, um, let's see. When he's leading his people through the wilderness, you get down to verse 17. He strikes down great kings. He slaughters famous kings. You've got this king named Sihon of the Amorites, a king who had come in and crushed the Moabites and was like the superpower. And, and, and God made very quick work of him because Sihon wouldn't allow the Israelites to pass through his land to get to the promised land. And then you get to Og, which is the greatest name ever. Og. you got King Og of Bashan. He was of the lineage of the Giants back in the day. Not the New York Giants. That wouldn't be such a miraculous victory, okay? I switched from the Redskins to the Giants. How you like that? And man, did I pick the right year not to make fun of the Ravens? Holy buckets. Anyway, so maybe when <laughs> I... had to say that eventually, but, but Og, he's one of the big giant guys, and it's like, for God, he's just a pipsqueak. And so God's strong hand in history, we get to... Rejoice over and celebrate. One more. They're picking. They're going to pick the hardest one. Watch. Mercy. Mercy. Don't you find it interesting? And I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm going to tell you this. I'm proud of you as a church. Because every other time that I have done this, and we've read through Psalm 136 together. And you sang the chorus of 136. Every other time I've done it, I've said, okay, so from one Psalm 136, what are we to be thankful for? And people list it out. And you get to the very end, and the one they forget is His mercy, His love that endure forever. We overlooked that. We, you didn't. You almost ruined my illustration. But on Thanksgiving, when we get to this time of the year, we get to that day where we celebrate by feeding ourselves full. And we say that we're thankful to live in a place where we can do such a thing and and live so extravagantly. What we really ought to do is stop for a moment and remember how faithful God's love is towards us. That his love endures forever. That his love is eternal. That his love is forever towards his people. Because if his love could ever twist and change just a little bit, you and I would be done. You and I would be done. And we're not the only ones that tend to forget that his love endures forever. I mean, we just finished Ecclesiastes. We talked about the poor wise man who stepped in and saved the day so that the, the city wouldn't be destroyed. And yet everybody forget, forgot that poor wise man after all was said and done. And what we landed on is that it is the fool who forgets his rescue. It's the fool who doesn't have a changed life after he's been rescued. But it's not even just Ecclesiastes. You look at the history of Israel. They come out of Egypt, out of slavery, and they're barely a day or two out. And they're already whining at Moses, man, why'd you take us out of Egypt just to die? They had food there. We used to sit by the meat pots and eat. And Moses had to be thinking, you're all a bunch of liars. I mean, there's a psalm that even, I don't remember it off the top of my head, there's a psalm that even speaks to uh, the Israelites who would say, God, thank you for the water that came out of the rock, but where's our meat? Think about that. Thank you for the water that came out of a rock, but where's my meat? So it's an ungrateful people. But God's consistency and faithfulness is demonstrated in one of the places that's demonstrated most Most obviously, and yet it's not super obvious because it's not a place that we go to very often, is the book of Malachi. So, in the book of Malachi, you have a group of people who are being spoken to by a prophet named Malachi. And Malachi is saying, You and God are at odds. You and God are arguing. You and God are having a fight. And as we talked about last week, you don't ever want to be against God. You will lose that fight 10 times out of 10. And yet the people were, they were lying to God, they were trying to deceive God, they were stealing from God, they weren't treating people the way God had told them to treat people. And, and, And the prophet Malachi comes through and he says, listen, this is what you need to hang your hat on at the end of the day. Malachi 3, 6. It's a beautiful theological statement, because I, the Lord, have not changed. I, the Lord, have not changed. He is always I am. He never was, I was. He isn't, I will be. He is, I am. He has never changed. And therefore, you sons of Israel, this is how Malachi 3, 6 finishes, because I am the Lord and I do not change. Therefore, sons of Israel, you have not been consumed. What Malachi says is the only reason you have breath in your lungs today is because even as you disrespected me, even as you rebelled against me, even as you found ways to to disturb me and to sin against me, I do not change and my love endures forever. You have something to be thankful for? Think about it. If God's love was dependent upon our obedience and ability to stay sin-free... How many of you would make it till dinner tonight? The Lord God doesn't change. So you're not consumed. Because his love endures forever. Heard something this week at a conference that stood out to me. And it's really appropriate here as we close. Who in the world created the idea that we could be thankful in our hearts. What a foolish statement. How many of you have ever gotten the greatest Christmas gift you ever, I mean, you longed for it, you wanted it, you asked for it, you begged for it, you prayed for it, you did extra devotions because you wanted it so badly, and then you were handed the Christmas gift that you wanted. And so you sat back and said, Who among us prayed and prayed and prayed for deliverance from disease for ourselves and for somebody who we loved? Who among us has prayed for that and prayed for that and prayed for that and walked out of the doctor's office with the glorious good news free? No. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. I mean, you, you, it's, it's like going to a game, and, and the, and the fellow used this illustration, I think it's perfect. You watched the Masters last year with Tiger Woods, one of the greatest comebacks in all of history, one of the greatest golfers ever, and then disappeared for a time, right? And then he comes to the Masters, and it's like, this man is going to win this thing. And you look at the crowds and crowds of people, and if you've ever been to a golf tournament, you know wherever that man goes, it is like, it's hard to comprehend how many people follow him. And you do understand golf isn't easy. And you do understand that as you try to swing a club and there's literally 10,000 people standing there, first of all, for me, it'd be like, how many of them can I hit? Because I'm going to hit at least one. But he's able to concentrate, focus, bam, and put the ball right by the hole and make these putts, do all these things. And the crowd's going crazy and the frenzy's getting louder and louder and louder. And at the very end, he wins. He doesn't get to necessarily lift a trophy. He gets to put on the ugliest green jacket ever but he puts on the green jacket and the place goes nuts. Tiger, tiger, oh, tiger, it's amazing. What fool would sit back and go? <sniffs> now you're not thankful in your heart because his love endures forever. It should drive you to being thankful with your entire being. You think Tiger's pretty impressive when he wins the Masters, right? Just wait till the Lion of Judah comes back. His love endures forever. Father, thank you. And I say thank you knowing how cheap that sounds right now. But thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your covenant faithfulness to us. The very fact that, God, you you are willing to stick with us even though we are just not great riding partners. But, God, you love us, and you demonstrated that love in ways that we'll never be able to repay in Jesus Christ. So I do ask, if somebody's here and doesn't know Christ, that they would come to know him now. That they would understand the depth and breadth of love you have for them. and Father, they would simply confess with their mouth with their life lives out every day that they are broken and separated from you. But Jesus Christ died to save them. And then God, I pray for us. I pray for our souls. I pray for our hearts that we would stop being people of silent gratitude. That instead, we would give you thanks in all things through the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Because when we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are thanking you on behalf of a victory that's already won. So may we please you with our gratefulness. (laughs) We have so much to be thankful for. So God, help us thank you. Amen.